0: He also showed me a dick pic the other day that I didn't recognize and I got really mad because I was like, who's this dick pic for? Because it wasn't for me. (laughs) And then he showed me the same picture, but like not cropped. And I was like, oh yeah, I know that picture.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. You're welcome
2: Trailer
0: Park
1: Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited. I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited. God damn it, I will kill you. Worried. Are uh, you worried you know, excited? <laughs>
2: An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative? The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising
1: awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't <laughs> get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing
2: someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. <sighs> it's so wet. Oh my god, it's coming! Daniel Trailer Park Podcast episode 95. 90? 90. Five ninety fucking five. Amanda, how are you tonight?
0: I'm wonderful, thank you.
2: That is good. I as well am puckered and tense for tonight's episode. Intern, say hello.
3: Rigid and spastic.
2: Yeah, yeah. Things feel pregnant with potential tonight, folks. It's true. I'm hearing, I know, I know what you're going to say. I've heard it all before. Things have been said. There's been boasting that's happened in the past about lineups this, lineups that. This one's the best. That one's good. This one's great. But tonight is special. Because there are no Marvel movies. Tonight, I have been told in the circles, in the cubicles of Sad Sack Studios. Mm. Experts agree. That this could be. This could be tonight the the greatest episode, the greatest lineup that we've ever experienced before, ever. On Trailer Prep Podcast. It's true. Fact. <gasps> Pure <laughs> fact. It's and we're going to need
1: you to really lay back, mm. loosen up, let go, prepare to take in something you've never taken in before. I don't want any reluctant anuses tonight. want everybody puckered,
2: mm. ready. Mm. Steaming, sexual, high energy. We want you to feel freed by mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah.
2: Lip smacking.
1: Moist. Yep. Moist, yes. Wet. Soft. Damp.
3: <laughs> whoa whoa all right what do you it got was so good and then things got moist in here and it's now
1: a little awkward <clears throat> yeah let's uh, unsticky this let's go okay 95 what do you got 95 oh i said unsticky this here we go all right well, it is valentine's day so i want to keep things uh, in the spirit of valentine's week i guess uh, we're a little late mm. but I had 95 of course is a romantic position uh i think that's obvious just from the number itself uh it's a bit of a play off of the blumpkin group of sexual positions and my favorite snl fake commercial skit of all time uh the love toilet now what you're gonna this is definitely involving your your partner on this and you're gonna need a toilet the bigger the toilet the better because you're gonna be doing you know the woman's gonna be straddling you on the toilet and you have space to go into the toilet of course where does she go if you have a large enough toilet there might be space otherwise uh, experts suggest hanging a bucket The two of you are going to want to dig in deep early in the evening, greasy dinner, tacos, liquor, beer, chocolate milk, really just stir it up. Cottage Uh, cheese. Cottage cheese. Then you're going to want to go for a short but very fast jog. Hmm. As soon as you get home, coffee and a cigarette, straight to the toilet for some deep, passionate love making and the two of you hold back the point is to hold back until you're ready to actually climax together and then all the holes release wow. together ultimate evacuation ultimate orgasm 95
2: did i ever tell you um a story uh in our youths amanda um daniel once convinced me that he 95 with him no that he liked um and or I forget whether he liked it or whether he did it to somebody, but it involved putting saran wrap over someone's face and taking a crap. And he and he convinced me that it that it happened.
1: <clears throat> I think I recorded it on video.
0: <laughs> you recorded yourself pooping on. No someone's no no no. no me telling that
1: story to Nathan in the car. I was just I was just I was talking completely out of my ass, and just you can see him driving like what what. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a, few, a few things were stirred uh, in that rendition there in that sexual position, Daniel. One thing is that I, I miss cigarette poos. <laughs> the best there. I'm like, "Oh yeah. I' taking it a cigarette and be like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh, oh, oh, it's, it's time ready. I, mm-hmm. I remember that. I miss that. And I'm also trying to deflect what I just heard because it was po- quite possibly the most disgusting sexual position that I've ever digested on this show. It mm. sounds like one that
3: the Greasy Strangler would be into.
0: Yeah, honey, how long have you been thinking about that position? <laughs> For
3: 94 episodes.
0: Really well thought out and awful.
1: Yeah, it depends. Just Sometimes sorry. I think about like five minutes before the show, and sometimes literally during the
2: show. <laughs> Just fingers up, like cradling his chin, scraping his whiskers as he's eyeing up the toilet. Needs to be bigger. It need <laughs> oh, to be my, larger. Yeah,
1: with My beard, as I just let loose.
2: I could. We could use the bathtub, but it would be much more um, unique if it was just a larger basin. Yeah, larger basin toilet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know why the basin making me laugh, but it is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, as we move along, uh, one quick thing I'd like to note about the number ninety-five is that it is a proponent. Of worldwide freedom of expression.
1: Mm-hmm. Express yourself. Mm-hmm. Windows 95,
2: 1995. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, yeah, 1995. What is the first thing that comes to your mind? I
1: don't know. What is that? Season three of X Files.
0: <laughs> I think it's like the year after Reality Bytes is set.
1: Yeah. Cobain's been gone for yeah, a this while. Yeah, this is the year after 94, which was The Lion King. Who knows? Yeah, ninety four was the more memorable year. What's ninety five all about? Poca- AOL,
2: Pocahontas. What did do, do? Right, inner Pocahontas. Pocahontas was ninety five, wasn't it? I guess. Yeah, that was the next one. Fair enough. Well, uh, that being said, um, Sad Sack Studios, as you know, has been receiving questions uh, from the cool million using the hashtag Ask the Sack, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be um, reading a few of them tonight and and responding. Uh, in we
1: yeah, had to hire a few more people just to handle the load.
2: In our in our new segment uh, titled "Ask the Sack." Ask the Sack. Ask the Sack. So it says uh, the directors of Turbo Kid go by the name R K S S collectively. Uh what does R what does RKSS stand for? Hashtag Ask the Sack? Uh is it
1: some sort of New Zealander slang?
2: Interesting. Interesting. Uh intern, I know that you've been monitoring uh hashtag Ask the Sack and have been doing research like a good intern would. What have you discovered about uh, RKSS?
3: Uh RKSS is a weapon. <laughs> it's a weapon of uh a directorial tandem, um, and it's it's a sex
2: weapon. I'm sorry, a tandem? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Daniel, we have an issue here. I don't think that the I think the intern is talking out of his ass, and he didn't do any research because it is not a tandem. It is a triad. It is a collective of three different directors. So well, where are you getting?
3: There's, there's two on the outside and one on the
2: inside. I see. I am it's like human centipede. Growing a little bit concerned here. About your commitment to hashtag Ask the Sack. Right. What does it stand for? Run, kill, suck, sex? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Excellent guess. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing now, I'm being told by the, uh, by the Sad Sack Studio feed in my ear that RKSS actually stands for
1: Roadkill Superstar. Is that the name of their next movie? <laughs> this is their code. Well. Like mock. For the project,
2: their next movie is actually uh, being um, represented on tonight's lineup uh, in the teeter position. Hmm. Uh, what is this one here? We have obviously there is always a risk when making a sequel, but it feels like horror movies always get sequels. Wouldn't they be better off just making something new? Is it really worth it to make all these sequels? Hashtag ask a uh,
3: Financially, yes, very worth it. Uh, so. Yeah, but- no money into anything, and and get money back.
2: Intern, you were asked to uh, take the top 10 horror franchises and find out what their variance in uh, gross to the original was and their variance in production budget to the original. What what did you find out?
3: I found out that I don't recall getting any of this information. (laughs) What's the algorithm, (laughs) Intern? The algorithm is, uh, by number four, they've made way more money than the original
1: Uh, i think you're on track though probably after four is where you start to see
2: diminishing returns but from a business plan perspective if i told you that sad sack studios did do some research and found that on average the variance in gross to the original movie is minus 35 million dollars would you think that making sequels was an automatic yes
3: of course why wouldn't you? If it costs $2 million to make, and the first movie made $120 million, $35 million less than that means that you're still making $68
1: million. Even if you're making $4 million off of $2 million, I think they would still probably go with it.
2: Right. So of the top 10 horror franchises, and that is Friday the 13th, Saw, Exorcist, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, Paranormal Activity, Amityville, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Omen, the average gross of the sequel from those movies was... 56.7 million.
0: By sequel, do you just mean the second installment?
2: Yes, just mm-hmm. the second one. Because if you're going to make a second one, is it worth it to, to do it is the question. So on average, sequel gross 56.7 million, which is pretty good average. And then yeah. on average, you make 35 million less than the original, but your variance in production budget to the original is plus three. So it costs you $3 million more than it did to make original and you make 35 million less but on average you make you know quite a bit of money is it worth it to pay more to still make a decent chunk of change is is the question yeah. Absolutely.
1: yeah they're still using
2: a chart that still
1: they're they're just pulling the two lines and together into a convergence until eventually it doesn't make financial sense anymore and then they give the franchise up
0: yeah because more often than not they fail completely and don't make any money so when you are you have a successful movie that has a captive audience you know you're going to get some returns off the sequel. You go for the sure thing.
2: It's interesting to me because uh, SADSAC doing this research, it's, I mean, the actual average of variance is minus 60 million, but it's not fair to include The Exorcist because The Exorcist has the biggest drop-off between the original and the sequel, like a $375 million variance between the original and the sequel. So it's not fair to include it in the final average because it's more often than not, kind of a uh, like saw actually made more in the sequel (laughs) but it's actually surprisingly the only one in the top 10 horror franchises financially speaking saw is the only one that made more money than the original because
3: more people went out and saw it yeah in turn more (laughs) people
1: on a a very broad like social nerve which is like being held accountable and then having to hurt yourself to atone for it i think everybody was like "Uh uh-oh well I always
2: thought that the sequels made more, but I was wrong no yeah they yeah they don't make more
0: they I make know. less
1: and less and less until it doesn't make any sense anymore at least that's what I always but then assume. you
0: keep churning them out because you got to own those rights that's right thanks Hellraiser <laughs> nine that just came out
1: no ten is the next is the one coming just coming out
0: it and is then, out
1: nine was the placeholder
0: <laughs> ten is out yeah.
2: But I find all of it fascinating because the answer is obviously yes. But if you were to take it out of context and proposition it as a business proposal to someone else in a different industry, and you said you have to pay more to make less, would you do it? Just as yeah, a general statement, still make more. Well, as long in, as the
1: profit is still reasonable, yeah.
2: Yeah. In this instance, the profit is re- reasonable, but if you didn't know, because you don't know what it's actually going to do, yes, in these top 10 horror franchises, the answer is yes, it still makes money. But if you extended this research into the realms of you know the top 100, then and, and you really are throwing a, a ball onto a roulette wheel of whether or not you make money, would you still do it from a business proposal standpoint? Pay more, make less than you already had with your original concept. No, that's the gamble it is a gamble that's the point and it's also speaking to our fulcrum tonight because it took them 10 years to make this sequel tonight <laughs> they greenlit it immediately and then it sat around in production hell for 10 years and here we go so
0: i'm here excited about it
2: we go exactly oh another new segment another new segment tonight folks this one is called
0: it's crazy that he's coming up with new segments when we only have five episodes left <laughs>
2: <laughs> gotta squeeze them all in This one uh, is called Things Nathan Likes. Things I like. I like things. Things I like. Okay. The first installment of Things Nathan Likes. Are you guys excited
1: for Nathan's Nuances and Necessities?
2: <laughs> I already
0: know what Nathan likes.
2: What do um, I like? Amanda and if it's sexual then damn you.
0: No, you like mm. you like cheese.
2: You like it puckered and tense. Go ahead.
0: You like um you like you don't like crowds. So you like <laughs> not crowds.
2: Right. Things I like.
0: <laughs> You like Jake Gyllenhaal. I
2: like the following review blurb for Fifty Shades Freed. Oh. <laughs> Johnson and Dornan never connect. She rolls her eyes like a cranky teenager. He stares at her like a constipated cow. Mm-hmm. I like that. A constipated cow. Also
0: that want- is accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yep. It is accurate. And it also brings up the fact that um, we did Fifty Shades Freed on the podcast without Amanda. That is true. And all yeah. three guys in the Sausage Fest that was Trailer Pro Podcast 94 liked and were excited about Fifty Shades Freed. And now I've heard rumor that you've seen it,
0: Amanda. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Which means I also saw it.
0: Daniel also saw it, and he stands by his excited.
2: Oh, Oh,
4: well.
0: I'm here to tell the cool million plus 12 million that the third installment of the Fifty Shades franchise is spectacular. It gives you everything you want. It gives you gratuitous sex. It gives you no chemistry between your two main characters. (laughs) It gives you giant plot holes. It gives you drastic conflict that resolves so quickly that you don't even know that there was a conflict in the first place. (laughs) It moves at such a breathtaking pace that you're like, what? Somebody's been kidnapped? That person's his sister? Who? But she's already been rescued?
1: Oh, so it doesn't matter anymore. Great. We should all, for the rest of the movie, act in reaction to this conflict, even though you've already forgotten about it because we just wrote right over it
0: it was it was everything I wanted, and more, and when it comes out on divda and we can get like the trilogy bondage set, mm-hmm. I will require it, yeah, so that we can watch it every Christmas.
2: I laughed a lot well that's that's the whole thing, right is that I didn't get it, I didn't get it at first i was uh I was all cineph- cinephilic and hoity toity, and I didn't get it, and now I get it
3: is that a new derogatory term? I was cinephilic Cinephilic
2: Yeah I think it should be I think it should be Because you can get too puckered And too tense In this world of Movie appreciation And you miss things You miss the uh, uh, Entertainment of things That are ridiculous And recently I uh, I, I'm only halfway through But I started watching Fifty Shades Darker (laughs) And Yes Yes It is uh, Yes I find myself laughing At uh, Immediately Like it opens up And he has some weird Fucked up dream And he goes No (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I laugh, and I laugh at it, and then I see Jack, her her boss, and I'm like, oh, there's Jack, and I get excited. He's looking smoking hot, and I'm like, hey, he kind of looks better than than Christian. But then the more like maniacal and crazy he gets, the more wet he gets. Like the more, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he starts to get sweaty, and you're just like, club, yeah. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous.
0: Like Sheen in that Arrival movie. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't bring that up that's mm-hmm. something i like i like watching uh the the black kid at the end of arrival like gallop off and grasshopper legs that's great <laughs> anyway 50 shades dark i'm only halfway through we're gonna keep doing this like i think every episode we should just like okay what what happened in 50 shades that that needs to be laughed at because that's really entertaining like oh and and she's like oh Christian and he buys all of the paintings or sorry yeah. all of the all the photographs of her and she's like no I won't I won't go with you okay one drink or or I'll I'll have dinner with you and then they're fucking and she's putting and he's putting like metal balls in her what like it's it's like almost automatic like she's like no i won't
0: oh yes i will i'll be your submissive fuck off there's butt plugs in this one
1: yep we get some butt plugs and 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 christian continues like anytime she looks at something three scenes later he's like i bought it i bought the whole
2: thing (laughs) (laughs) he's such a jealous bitch oh it's terrible it's it's terrible in a great way ladies and gentlemen it's because it's becoming something that nathan likes and uh, something else that I like uh, is the advice that Harrison Ford gave to Alden Ehrenreich about playing Han Solo. And that advice was, tell them I told you everything you needed to know and that you can't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just get them to fuck off. This is your character now. Harrison Ford's a cool cat. Bada bing, bada boom. Another thing I like is Westworld season one left me worried, but now I am excited. Do you know why I'm excited? Why? Because during the Super Bowl, they released... Uh, this is ridiculous, actually. Um, I need to open up the link. This is how prepared we are yeah, on uh, Matt, Trailer Pro Podcast.
1: Opening up the link song.
2: Um, so during the Super Bowl, they released... Um, a binary code was found in the recent Westworld Super Bowl ad, and they decoded it. Nerds or, or people of high intelligence that use technological objects decoded it and we're led to a website that exposed six other theme parks. Ooh. Yeah. One of them being Samurai World. Yeah. yeah. The other ones are not yeah. yeah, the other ones are not discernible, but this is where I wanted it to go because the original Westworld movie had other worlds. It had Rome World and uh, some other world too. And I wanted them to have different parks. So this is yeah, I'm I'm back in. I'm interested. I'm excited again. Hopefully they don't get, you know, Matrix revolutions on me again. But
0: I hope there's like future world because I personally am not interested in being hot. And so all of these like historical sort of parks, I'm like, I just, it feels sweaty. <laughs> I want like so a super sweaty. swanky, like hard, clean lines, and mm. I don't something
1: indoors. Yeah, like a future where like every time you step in your high heels, sparks shoot out. Uh, everything's made out of glass. Everything and metal. hovers. Yeah,
0: yeah. everything you know? floats. You just fly around and have Sweet. sex with people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but sw- but sex is sweaty.
0: No, 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 not if it's super cold. Not here because <laughs> you're flying
1: around at such a high speed, you can't collect sweat. This is why you should move to Canada. This
2: is like I'm anti
1: happy there
0: leg. if I didn't ever have to leave my home in a
2: vehicle. <laughs> just get can we, an Uber. Can we get, can we get
1: all of it but the snow.
0: Don't you can't just get an Uber. Nathan, I saw a picture of your parking lot. No Uber is going in that parking lot. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, it's not as bad as sure. you
2: think. All right. When you have winter tires and you have a vehicle that can handle it, it's actually kind of fun.
1: Yeah, their Ubers are just snow trucks with like the bulldozer fronts.
0: yeah. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Sounded extremely Canadian. Oh yeah. Aye.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh totally. Eh? Oh, you can handle it, eh?
3: Oh Get yeah. Some good hockey
0: weather,
2: eh? Oh, <laughs> fucking eh, eh? Yeah, let's have some donuts. Oh totally, oh, yeah. eh? Hey, quit working around with my clothes, eh? You hoser. Oh, <laughs>
3: you fucking hoser.
2: <laughs> oh wow, eh? Anywho, uh, it's time to go to the lineup, eh? Uh, all oh, the segments yeah. are over with, eh? We're just gonna do that now. Uh, I'm gonna play, uh. Uh, In tribute to uh, uh, 1984, uh, because we're doing tonight a movie in the teeter position called Summer of 84 by the directors of Turbo Kid, RKSS, Roadkill Superstar. Our battle cry tonight is themed after a song that came out in 1984. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun, guys? Oh, my God. So fun. Oh, my God.
3: Lionel, see it in your eyes.
2: It's got history here on Trailer Prep Podcast, and that's what makes it funny, folks. And if you don't get any of our jokes, then you need to listen to more of us from You need before. to be
1: closer to between 28 and 39.
2: Mm-hmm. Pucker up. Uh, just start on episode one. Nice and tense, and start on episode one. Yeah, have got it. Uh, more than
3: 95 hours to, of listening to catch up on. Oh. <laughs>
2: Intern, pretty much every, double that. Every episodes, yeah. And I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna correct you, but you know. And also, might I just add, real shitty job tonight on Ask the Sack.
3: Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. This
2: is the greatest
1: <laughs> episode. That's
2: why you still the interns <laughs> that we've <laughs> ever had? Yeah, maybe we should. You know what? Maybe that's what we should do right now. We should have a performance review. It uh, is the so of the year. trailer number one. <laughs> it's
4: the beginning of the year.
2: Yes. Uh, trailer number one, the headliner tonight stars Nat Poe. And I'm excited. It is directed by Alex Garland. Alex Garland. And it is based on a very popular book series. And yeah, it's sci-fi. Daniel, headliner, Annihilation.
1: Annihilation, here we go.
0: Decision to go in. Why did my husband volunteer for a suicide mission? You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing.
1: excited
2: well 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 nat poe alex garland i was a huge huge fan of ex machina i know there were some mixed reviews but he's also the writer of the beach 28 days later sunshine never let me go and dread all of which i enjoyed and you can nitpick if you want to but that is quite a resume, in my opinion. And Garland has made my D W A E list. Ooh,
1: uh Directors
3: would like to fuck. <laughs>
2: right. Uh, directors who always execute. Oh my God. God damn it. Yeah. I was like director writer. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is. Uh, I've I've listed here: Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, Dennis D- Denny Villeneuve, uh, Alex Garland, Jeremy Solnier nolan aronofsky cameron fincher scorsese zemeckis mendez these are guys that you can you can bank on them executing whether or not you connect with the material is another question and it may ultimately disappoint you if you're not into the material but it's reason to be excited Uh, a few other interesting things here is that it has an r rating and an international netflix deal so the first movie ever to have a domestic north american theater release and then a international netflix release kind of interesting seems smart it might be it might be and natalie portman i do have to say she doesn't always make the most appealing decisions career-wise but i've always appreciated her integrity intelligence and acting skills and i have here brackets member of the flat list so there's that i am excited excited
1: Oh, finally, touch him. I was like, "Yeah, no, she does." It's like, not not big boobs, not big butt, no hips, flat. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> Famous ladies allowed to touch me. That's the list. Okay, take it away,
0: team. I want to hear a lot of excited. Amanda. Uh, I am very excited. I. am. Saw a trailer for this movie, many, many, like it probably was probably like a teaser or something, but because it was several months ago and I actually bought the first book. This is a trilogy. Um, The books are very, or at least the first one, I assume they're all about the same length, but the Annihilation is very short. I still haven't read it, but I plan to before I see the movie. Um, It looks very interesting. Um, And in addition to the fact that it's a whole new thing and um, we're not remaking something, we're not sequeling something, this is a movie that's female driven and it's original
1: without making a big deal, without
0: making a big deal out of it. There are ladies in this movie that in addition to Natalie Portman, that I'm very excited to see. You've got the girl from, um, Creed. You've got the girl from Jane, the Virgin. Um, a couple others that are are recognizable, but not big names. Jennifer Um, Jason Lee. Do what?
2: Jennifer Jason Lee.
0: Yep. Jennifer Jason Lee.
2: And I think the one from Creed is also the one from Thor Ragnarok. Is that Tessa Thompson?
0: Yes, it's Tessa Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't Thor. She was funny in Thor.
2: She was the Valkyrie. Uh,
0: yes. Yeah. So
1: are they said on purpose? Are they sent in there because there's like a That's, component that they think might react oh. better to females than males?
0: Maybe so. I mean, because obviously Oscar Isaac, the husband, is
2: laid out.
1: Laid wow.
0: out. And yet Natalie Portman comes back able to talk and describe what she saw. So Allow uh, me I'm excited.
2: Allow me to expose the fact that the intern has read the book.
3: Okay. Intern? Uh, Let me expose my own self and say that I read this book. Um, (laughs) The following two are about three times as long as the first one. Uh, I haven't read the following two, but this was uh, probably one of my three favorite books I've ever read. Wow. It uh, was the fastest book I've ever read. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Literally... One sitting, and I was done. Um, it is so good, and Alex Garland uh, might have made also my favorite first movie. You know, like directors' first movies. Yeah, you can you can list only a few that have made quality first movies, and even their quality first movies usually aren't up to standard.
1: Right, Ex Machina, but Term- Ex
3: Machina is <laughs> is something else. I'm very excited. I do, however, believe that with me reading the book, I will have qualms, but I'm excited.
2: Are they Are they going off book? I don't know. I don't know. And can you speak to the all female component without um, spoiling anything? Without yeah, without spoiling. I know. Uh, well, is there?
3: I, I recall reading that uh, when she goes in, everyone on the team is female uh, for their mission. That's that's about it. Oh, they don't yeah. really
2: go into big detail about Break, it. Breaking news! So, are you excited yeah. to have qualms?
3: I am excited to have qualms. I'll say this also: when her husband went, he went with an all-male team. So, I think they are keeping it uh, like gender-specific for the missions that go in.
1: Hmm. Okay. And I'll toss mine in. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. I saw this trailer at the theater the other day. It looked awesome. I want to read the book. Intern's endorsement on that book is better than I expected and yeah yeah this looks awesome sci-fi by Garland who has a nice subtle human touch to really sci-fi material uh I'm very excited hopefully Oscar Isaac too gets a little more screen time than just being the coma guy (laughs) uh yeah super excited
2: All right, in the teeter position uh, from the directors of Turbo Kid at the Sundance Film Festival the summer of 84. <sighs>
1: summer of 84 here we go
0: if i've learned anything that people
1: hardly ever let you know who they really are inside any house anything
3: could be happening and you'd never know you think a bunch of glorified care bears and hoods could take down the empire they are
0: aliens and they're highly intelligent
2: scientifically the perfect
0: woman
4: There's a serial killer on the loose.
1: What else could possibly be this exciting?
0: Mackie is the Cape May Slayer. Dude, Mackie's a cop with a sick reputation. That's why it's so genius. The suburbs are where the craziest shit happens.
1: film by RKSS. Uh, Amanda, worried or excited?
0: I love a few things. One, I love nostalgic '80s material. For whatever reason, it's like an easy era to crush. Like in terms of getting that feel,
1: so definitive. It's yeah,
0: yeah it's very definitive, and and so I, I love that. I love RKSS. <laughs> yeah, they know how to execute to use a thing that Nathan likes, and I. Definitely love a coming of age. And I love a coming of age that involves some sort of murder mystery. So this is encapsulating a lot of things that Amanda likes. And, um, I can't, I can't see it going wrong. Excited.
1: Right. Yeah. These guys know how to, yeah, exactly. Like you said, one execute this era. Although I will mention that between stranger things and RKSS and a handful of others, we need to maybe cool it on the 80s stuff for a little bit after this.
2: Well, I'm getting some some talking points in my ear from Sad Sack Studios. Um, yes, yes, that has been mentioned that this that this film is being it's it's doomed to be compared to Stranger Things.
1: You know, and it is also another yeah. another one dealing mm-hmm. in this exact same and era and
2: potentially dismissed because of it. Because there's a lot of people who jumped on the Stranger Things fan train. I'm not one of them. I think second season I couldn't even get past a few episodes because I have I have qualms about Stranger Things. I don't think it's really satisfying me as much no. as it could. And it's I getting... have qualms about Stranger Things as well. Yeah. Well we can definitely get into that uh the second
1: half. In
0: the intern corner.
2: Sure. Sure. Um <laughs> what? but what? summer of eighty four is being described as most definitely R rated. <laughs> Good. Yes. That's nice. what because
1: I, I could tell I could tell in that snapshot and this speaks to their to RKSS's ability to capture the moment or the feel or the atmosphere just in that scene at the very end of the trailer where it's just the kid walking down the alleyway and it all looks really empty and suburban and hollow and then like the sharp peel of the music as the gloved hand goes over his mouth and the cutaway like that was so perfectly that era and that kind of movie and Knowing what they did with Turbo Kid, which was super deliver on all the violence and gore and goofiness and stuff that you wanted from that kind of movie that they were emulating. I feel like in this, if their approach is to emulate that 80s coming of age serial killer vibe and then knowing how they do gore and how they can put good money behind it for those practical effects. Yeah, I this I'm I'm excited. The trailer is really subtle and makes it almost seem a little bit boring, but I can feel the energy behind the trailer. Excited.
2: Yeah. There's like an integrity to the graininess to the, to the, uh, yeah. Yeah. It almost feels like this is like, it, it's the opposite of the argument. Like stranger things being here first, doesn't make it better that this could be more satisfying from a execution standpoint for that, for that, uh, nostalgia, you know, like stranger things hits on a few specific areas, but I don't think that it really nails the nostalgia a hundred percent. And the other thing I'll mention, uh, one talking point is that it has the same composer as Turbo Kid and that Lametos, who did the synth soundtrack for Turbo Kid, is also involved.
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah, then the soundtrack for this is going to be beautiful, which is a huge help.
0: And we'll be vi- purchasing it on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, so it goes without saying I'm also excited. Um, after watching Turbo Kid, I'm fully on board with the RKSS world. I have a few uh hesitations i think that from what i've read it sounds like like you shouldn't appreciate like you, sh- you shouldn't approach this movie with turbo kid expectations right right because i don't think that it's gonna do that but i think it is going to do something interesting and as long as you just kind of go into it with a nice like it's it's probably better than stranger things but maybe not as good as turbo kid mindset then you you're gonna be just fine i think another thing to point out is that i didn't know that all three of them were in Turbo Kid. <laughs> oh, I didn't either. Anouk. Their names. RKSS's names are Anook Whistle, Francois Samard, and Joanne Carl Whistle. Wow. Okay, so uh, Turbo so Kid's and a guy. Turbo Kid's parents in Turbo Kid are are two of them. And, okay, so it's girl involved. And and the guard at the outpost is the other one, the bald guy.
0: all that makes sense. Okay.
1: So, they, yeah, that, that's interesting. So, two guys, one white, one black, and a woman. Yeah. That's RKSS.
2: Well, no, I think they're both white guys. The, the guard at the outpost is white.
1: I, th- I thought the guard, the one that like checks him, you know, like every time he walks out, he like, you know, makes a move at him to, to make him flinch. That guy's black. I don't know if that's the guard they're talking about.
2: No, it's the, uh, I think it's a white guard. He's a bald guy. Okay. And I think that's Yoan. So, I think it might be sister, brother, and. Husband? I don't know. But either way, yeah. they're all. Or they're
1: like a threesome, very modern. <laughs>
0: yeah, the savages sort of situation. Yeah.
2: yeah. Another thing that they're mentioning here is that they've definitely made a name for themselves because they've been hired or attached to direct um, a live adaptation of a fantasy novel called Amos D'Aragon. It's a story <laughs> that follows the adventures of a 12 year old Amos D'Aragon and his companions. As they journey to find four masks that harness the forces of nature. And with the power of the masks, they can defeat the evil villain who threatens their world. So a fantasy world about... Ma- it kind of screams Zelda to me a little bit.
1: Yeah, kind of, yeah.
0: Oh, see, I I, I heard... Um, what was that show? We're the Planeteers. Oh, Captain Planet.
2: Also, IMDb Pro Plus indicates that Turbo Kid 2 is happening as well, so I don't know if Amos Deragon happens before Turbo Kid 2 or if Turbo Kid 2 happens first, but Turbo Kid's kind of their baby, so I think Turbo Kid 2 will eventually happen regardless. Anyway, excited about Summer of 84. Intern, what say you?
3: I also really like Arcus. Um, (laughs) All out. You know... (laughs) You know what's interesting about these, the first two trailers here is that Ex Machina was my favorite film the year that this game came out, and Turbo Kid was my second favorite film the year that, that same year.
0: So, what you're saying it, is that somebody at Sad Sack put together a fantastic lineup.
3: So, sort of so far, yeah, the delivery on the lineups is top notch. What I want to say about uh, RKSS is that, uh, one of the great things with Turbo Kid was the use of practical effects, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of that in Summer of 84. Yes. Um, and, and I think that they'll be able to deliver great gore practical effects with their R rating. There's nothing but excitement to come from this. So let's have at it. I want to watch it. Excited. <clears throat>
2: oh, sorry. <laughs> pants, are, pants are wet excited from the intern.
0: Emphasis.
2: Emphasis. Emphasis on the syllable. Yeah. All right. The fulcrum of Trailer Pro Podcast 95 is anybody?
0: The Strangers.
2: Hmm. Pray at Night does a sequel that takes 10 years to make satisfy The Strangers 2.
1: strangers too here we go
2: this place seems empty
0: i think everybody leaves after labor day this is nice right Is someone else staying here Is Tamara home? I think you have the wrong trailer.
4: I thought we were all alone.
2: Strangers, pray at night. Daniel, worried or excited?
1: Something weird about the tone on this movie. It seems like it's trying to do sort of that neon vibe that we had for a while. Do you remember a handful of movies coming out with that neon vibe? One of them? Oh, Neon Demon? (laughs) God, I can't remember. Now I just sound like an idiot. Uh, It's trying to do that neon vibe and also maybe touch on that 80s vibe a little bit by but then still being a 2018 or 2010, Mm -hmm. whatever events these are based on movie. And it just, it looks like they just took the strangers concept or the house invasion concept and then just pulled it out to a wider, like empty neighborhood, like a vacation neighborhood where they're the only ones there.
0: It's a trailer park. It's a trailer
1: park. Yeah. It's like home.
0: That's what's not making any sense to me is why, why are they short staying in a trailer home?
1: Right. They're Nobody like, does that. No, They're like slumming it. I'm sure they're like next to some lake or something that's Maybe. like the that's the true purpose of their trip. But it's just, just more running around with being chased by masked people, which is, you know, very forgettable, especially when you paste it against the movies that have come out the last five or six years that all fall into this same kind of genre. There wasn't even anything like special about the mask that he wore. Like isn't the, the first strangers, they all had animal masks, no, right? No, no,
0: no, no. These are the same. It's this exact same.
1: It's the same crew of murderers.
0: Well, I presume so because the masks are the same. The masks are the same. And she says the same thing as Tamara. home. That's what she says in the first one.
1: Okay. So this is, there is a reason for this sequel and that it's all the same murderers.
0: I, I, well, I would assume so.
1: Yeah. It just something about it just feels weak.
0: Well, I'm getting a
2: talking point here uh coming in from Sad Sack in my ear. Um the original director of The Strangers, which we can all agree was what? What was the original Strangers? From a cuz home invasion is difficult to do. So, was The Strangers a good home invasion film or was it an okay home invasion film?
0: I loved it, but, okay. you know. So, well, no. Her
1: her opinion, her opinion might be better in this arena because this is not one of my favorite subgenres of horror, but it is Amanda's, and so she grades them pretty strictly against each other. And you and you did lie. I mean, you did like the strangers more than others, right?
0: Yeah, I liked this one. Um, it was a standout to me. I, I mean, it has its problems, but I thought it was well done. I thought it was realistic in a, in a way that a lot of home invasions aren't.
1: And it ended in a way not common for American horror films.
0: Yeah, with, yeah. Well, what is the
2: champion of home invasion movies? Is, um, it,
1: is it Straw Dogs? Maybe maybe, maybe straw,
0: straw Dogs, dogs? Yeah. yeah. That's a good one.
2: Okay, well, my, my original opinion of The Strangers, and maybe I need to rewatch it, was that it was like 75% good. Like the first three quarters nailed it really well, and the last quarter kind of stumbled across the finish line. And I may not be remembering it well enough, but...
1: I th- that's my recollection as well because these movies that's the tension point of not knowing what's happening being hunted and stalked so yeah. once it gets to like the all-out murder rampage part it's kind of run the running which,
2: which means it may not be even fair to say to, to, to nitpick on the final quarter because it is the first three quarters of tension and build-up and the people outside and the weird fucking masks like if you can do that part well then you've succeeded and you can call it a success so just assuming that The Strangers 1 was good, generally speaking. Then the talking point is that the director of the original Strangers and writer of the original Strangers wrote the original script for this, and then it went into development hell for eight years, and it got rewritten and forced into existence, basically, by the people who are involved now. The director of this movie is also the director of The Other Side of the Door and 47 Meters Down, which... 47 Meters Down was the highest-grossing indie of 2017. And exciting news, 48 Meters Down, currently in pre-production.
1: <laughs> but the other side of the door, that was that goofy-ass horror movie that we made fun of, right?
2: <laughs> I'm saying there's concerns about the fact that the baton was handed off to possibly um, producer-pleasers, you know? So
3: you'd say the baton was handed off to strangers? Oh! <laughs> Oh, and with
1: that, I'll seal it. I'm worried.
2: Yeah, I'm concerned. After eight years and uh, a handoff on script rewrites, I'm I'm concerned. I also would prefer a home invasion movie to not involve a trailer park, personally. Right. So I'm worried.
3: What is this, Trailer Home Podcast?
2: Hey. (laughs) Actually, the fact that it's in a trailer park should mean that we're all excited. Well, we're all going to be worried, but we all
1: have to go see it.
2: Ah, good point worried but i'll watch it there you go amanda um, you're the resident home invasion enthusiast
0: yeah mm-hmm. i am i am um, i do agree that it's weird that it's in a trailer because that does give you limited i mean part of, part of home invasion is like you don't know where they are in your house right so the fact that you definitely know where they are because you're in a trailer it sort of takes away so it seems like a lot more of this movie happens outside of the home and but, but
1: what if it's a double wide
0: it's not, I looked at it. It's a it.
1: park invasion movie.
0: Um, but that being said, like, I, I really did like The Strangers. I like Christina Hendricks. I want to give it the benefit of the doubt, but there is something weird about the tone. And it does feel like somehow in the scramble of the last eight to 10 years, they just decided to throw anything original they might have had out the window and just do the same thing over again, but shittier. Um, I wish that I was excited, worried.
2: $35 million less. Worried. Intern.
3: Uh, I haven't seen the first one. Go fuck so, yourself. Uh,
2: so N.A. Got it. <laughs> I I'm
3: going to maybe watch the first one. Uh, and uh, I'm excited that they're just getting started. You know? <laughs> You're excited uh, for six more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is... Well,
2: that's the thing that... Is, but, okay, yeah, let, let by the just,
3: time they get to number four, it's going to be great. Let, let me <laughs>
2: let, let me interrupt you, intern, and, and speak to that because I think The Strangers is actually a good franchise, has good franchise potential. And it actually shocks me that it's taken this long to get a sequel. I actually think that this could go further and could have ideas, but I don't know. I mean, is, is The Purge, like cock blocking it <laughs> kind of
0: i think that's what it is yeah, yeah. They okay really strangers with the purge which has been very commercially successful well and
1: has the like markings of a franchise which is blowing it out bigger yeah you know and
2: and, and that also brings up a good point too is is the purge a candidate for the for the king of home invasion because it took a great concept that wasn't home invasion related and then applied it to home invasion i really enjoyed the first purge personally I thought it was great, maybe it's because I'm an ethan Hawk <laughs> M- maybe my an- i, I havehawk relu- yeah I-, I have reluctant anus <laughs> syndrome Hawk. regarding sock. ethan Hawk
0: sock you put on your cock okay dick fuck <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay.
2: Oh. I think we've found out everything we need to know, and the intern just needs to uh
3: oh I'm worried okay <laughs> <laughs>
2: But you're going to watch the original Strangers, right? You committed. Yeah. Okay, good. Because we want you to. Yeah, Yeah, I'll check
0: it out. Very much. Cool. Totter.
2: That was the worst buzzer we've ever had. Let me help you. Okay. Uh, The Totter position tonight comes to us from the director of Moon and Source Code. It's his baby. It's coming out on Netflix. Duncan Jones directs Mute.
1: mute here we go do you know what it is to make your dreams come true leo i've seen you working downstairs you're a good man this barman should not punch the fucking customers
0: i don't deserve you leo
2: i love you so much but you don't know me
1: I want to know what the deal is with this crazy bartender. Sure you want our help with this? This kind of thing hurts my reputation. Daddy's got to go. Oh, no soda.
2: Your girlfriend has secrets.
1: You lost me. Take a hint and fuck off i very talkative.
2: <laughs> Something's going on.
1: You need to maintain a sense of humor, babe. You're
2: gonna give
3: me some uh, trouble, big boy? Or are you gonna channel that famous Amish serenity?
0: <laughs> Leo, I need to tell you something.
1: This is gonna stop right now. It ain't a secret anymore. Would you do anything for her? Say your sorry. <laughs> Fucking say
2: it! Why the hell can't he talk? He doesn't need words. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: All right, intern. Worried or excited? okay
3: so have we learned that this guy is a tv actor although i guess if it's coming out on netflix that's tv so
2: who's a tv actor
3: uh the vampire guy the guy from big little lies
2: alexander skarsgård yeah from big little lies and true lie and true blood yeah tarzan legend of tarzan Tarzan.
3: yeah which was surprisingly much better than i thought it was going to be um
2: Also, what's Jeffrey Dahmer doing in this movie? First of all, it's not TV; it's HBO. (laughs) No, it's Netflix. No, when you say he's a TV actor and you reference True Blood and Big Little Uh, Lies, it's not TV; it's HBO.
3: Okay. Okay. Fine.
2: Fine. Okay.
3: This looks. You know what this reminds me of? A lot Hmm. Uh, is bright. Really, it has that same feeling.
2: Was it the orcs and magic wands? Yeah. That did it's it. The
3: guys, the guys with white eyes and uh, all
2: the. It's the director of fucking Moon. Flying ships. It's the director of Moon, not the director of Suicide Squad. Get your fucking yeah. head on straight. It looks like he was given too much money and didn't know you what to do with it. Are getting ready to dismiss I this, and am I worried. am mad at you.
3: I think this looks like the <laughs> worst movie on this lineup. Really? Yeah. Okay. Take that worried and <laughs> fix it into an excited Amanda uh, I
0: I can't believe I forgot this when we were talking about the number 95 because in 1995 one of the best movies of all time came out and that movie was Clueless <laughs> Paul Rudd has not <laughs> fucking aged <laughs> since 1995 it's true so I just want to note that that's when he stopped growing up um I don't know what's what this movie is about i don't know what's happening it it are we in the future i think so are we i don't i don't, I don't know what's going on can
2: i propose a question hmm. is netflix bad at making trailers
4: yes, yes. i was just gonna say that yes. this
2: i
1: hate everything about this trailer
2: okay uh, a few talking points from sad sack before you run with this um mute is is thought to be Duncan Jones's baby. The movie he wanted to make first, but it was too big of an undertaking, so he made Moon instead. This movie has the same composer as Moon, and anyone who loves Moon knows that Moon has a great, amazing score. Uh, supposedly, it takes place in the same universe as Moon, and Sam Rockwell is rumored to be reprising his role as Sam Bell in a cameo of some kind. Hmm. Um, it's also The film is also described as a spiritual sequel to the 2009 moon. I mean, Duncan Jones has this Warcraft zit (laughs) on his face.
3: That's a big boil.
2: But the rest of it is good. Like, the rest of his filmography is, is really decent.
1: And how much worse would Warcraft have been?
2: Right. And another thing is, I haven't seen Warcraft, and I immediately am making hardcore assumptions about not caring about it but if you look up the ratings and you look up everything about it it it's not shit on at all so are we wrong a are we wrong about Warcraft and does Duncan Jones deserve an excited regardless of Netflix's trailer composition ability that's I think at the crux of this whole argument
1: that that is at the crux because something about the way that they do their trailers like we we saw the instant backlash from everyone to bright Uh oh but we all wanted to watch it at least yeah I got like 20 or 30 minutes into it the other day Um <laughs> it's exactly what it looked like yeah <clears throat> but yeah, I, yeah I, I have a tough one with this because I love I love Duncan Jones I love him moon has a very weird special place in my heart that has a a rational, emotional connection to it, which will always put it above other movies that may or may not be better. But this trailer is awful. I don't know what's happening. I feel like there's this cool, uh, slightly in the future, sort of noirish mystery, thug, big plot or little plot inside of a big plot thing going on, but they can't capture it or convey it at all. And when you have a character or an actor like Paul Rudd, who most people know is like a goofball, a lovable goofball, and you're going to have him in a role. Being sort of like a schmoozy, like casino guy, almost he feels like with that big mustache. You need to sort of use the trailer to introduce him in a way that lets you know this ain't Goofy Rudd, because the whole time he adds this lighthearted tone to what I feel like they're trying to make this dark noir thing. So I rarely, I, I I usually will just fall with, you know, this is what you presented. This is how I'll react. But because it's Duncan Jones, I'm going to give this the benefit of the doubt, even though Netflix tried as hard as possible to make me not like this. <laughs>
2: Excited. Amanda?
0: Do I get to finish?
2: You get to finish. Um, and you can blame him for taking your spot. I was simply providing you with talking points. So it's not my fault.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The trailer's awful. But I my biggest concern based on the trailer is pacing. I cannot tell if this movie is going to be slow and convoluted or if that's just the trailer failing. Um, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Excited. Barely.
2: Finally, my time to speak. <laughs> Come on, people.
0: Nathan, what do you think? That was a I'm joke. I'm so excited to hear your opinion.
2: That was a joke. Okay, here's, <laughs> here's the point. The point is that Duncan Jones has some moxie. And I think that although I appreciate the fact that netflix fucked up this trailer I, I i don't i don't know i mean i hear the hesitation I, I i hear the the need to say barely excited i i hear all of that and i i feel very connected to it and i want to reciprocate it but something tells me this is going to be better than any of us think it's going to be i feel this hunch like this is going to be really really good and i'm going to say that i'm i'm full-on excited i'm gonna i'm gonna push all my chips in and i'm gonna roll the dice Mute is going to be awesome. Acceptable. I want you to be right. I want to be right. I want to be right. Something about it. I don't know. Something about it being his baby. Like, either Duncan Jones is a piece of shit or this movie's good, is basically what I'm saying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just put him in those two slots, eh?
2: Either he lets me down <laughs> here and I never trust him again or this is his masterpiece.
3: Maybe we should all watch Warcraft in preparation. Maybe.
0: It shouldn't though, if it's just Netflix.
2: Just Netflix. That's an uh, interesting point because it seems like that may not be the right optics. I don't know. I, I hear I, I read about Netflix going to Sundance and just like being a juggernaut. Well it's a juggernaut. Like do the math. hundred and seventeen million subscribers at ten ninety nine a month. They've got massive, massive capital. And they can Enter- be They're spreading
1: it too wide. I've I've noticed that they started really strong and the Netflix movie brand seemed like it was going to have an elevated element to it, kind of like, you know, even above HBO standards, I would say. And like something about lately, the last five or six Netflix originals I've picked up that look cool all came out real mediocre.
2: And that's a good point too, is that there may be some growing pains here, but that makes me gravitate more towards the people involved because basically all Netflix is doing is writing blank checks. They're not imposing their uh, mandate on anybody. They're just handing over money. So when you hand over money to David Ayers and you say, make this thing with Will Smith for $90 million, and they produce a fairy bashing orc cop weird ass nonsense (laughs) for $90 million because the director of Suicide Squad went AWOL. Is that surprising? Or is handing a blank check yeah handing a blank check to duncan jones is that a good idea it might be because warcraft didn't wasn't his moon was his so so what
3: we're really getting down to is that we really hope that the movie mute uh silences netflix on purchasing
2: right and Uh, it wouldn't be the first time that i've logically convinced myself that something is true and found out that i was a total asshat (laughs) (laughs) we'll find (laughs) out pretty soon we will And in the five hole tonight starring Jennifer Lawrence from the director of The Hunger Games is a Russian spy movie titled Red Sparrow.
1: Red Sparrow. Here we go.
0: Honey Mama. What is it? I have to go away for a while. I was told to take a man to a hotel. I said he was an enemy of the state. Take off your dress. And in exchange my mother would get the doctor she needed. Instead, they cut his throat. There could be no witnesses. So, they gave me a choice. Die, or become a sparrow.
3: From this day forward, you will become sparrows. Weapons in a global struggle for power. You'll be trained in psychological manipulation.
4: You must learn to push yourself beyond all limitation. Take off your clothes.
3: When we are finished with you, the person you were will no longer exist. Every human being is a puzzle of need. You must become the missing piece, and they will tell you anything. You have a gift. You know how to survive. This is what you were meant to do is a traitor in the government. His last known contact
1: is an American. Get close to him. I thought I saw you in the pool yesterday.
2: Are we going to become friends?
1: Is that what you want? She's a sparrow. You only matter because of what you can do for them. Work with me and make these men pay.
0: You are better at this than any of us. The only problem is you have a soul. We can't trust a word that comes out of her mouth. There's
1: something else. We're announcing it.
0: If she's compromised, she will
1: be eliminated.
2: What have you done?
1: You belong to them. They'll never let you go.
4: I'll find
0: a way.
2: Nathan, worried or excited? So, Sad Sack is uh, delivering some talking points to me here in my ear. Uh, Is this finally the movie that delivers on this idea? I couldn't get into the TV series The Americans, and Salt with Angelina Jolie was, in my opinion... Unwatchable. Yeah, not not great. Just kind of, eh. Russian sleeper agents are an interesting idea, But I'm not sold on it, really. But this looks like it could deliver on this concept, possibly. Um, It's based on a 2013 novel of the same name by a retired CIA operative, Jason Matthews. Before the novel was even finished, Matthews sold the film rights for a seven-figure sum. The novel is the first book in a trilogy, with the others being Palace of Treason and The Kremlin's Candidate. (laughs) So if it does well, then this could be a trilogy. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence got into a bar fight in Budapest or Budapest while filming this movie. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, the, the Hunger Games director, uh, a photo of him looks like a cross between Bradley Cooper and John Lovitz. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sure does. Yeah. He looks pretty weird. Um, I don't know what to say. I really don't. I think I, I'm interested in, um, in the idea being executed, but I wasn't a huge fan of the Hunger Games movies. And Jennifer Lawrence seems to be gravitating towards the same directors over and over again, like um, her love affair with uh, What's-His-Nuts from American Hustle and Joy, which he's an expert at making movies that I don't give a fuck about.
3: David O. Russell?
2: Yeah, David O. fucking whatever. Don't care. Some, like the happiest moment of my life, pretty much, was when American Hustle went over for 11 at the Academy Awards. It's a great moment. <laughs> my pants were wet. Okay, I think I've talked myself into a worried <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> I want, I want this idea to get executed, but I don't think it will be. Worried,
1: Amanda?
0: Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on the same train because one, her accent is god awful.
1: <laughs> Within the first <laughs> opening the, scene of this trailer, we looked at each other.
0: Yeah, the first thing she said, I'm like, oh fuck, she's that. Uh, no, I've been watching Archer recently, and. They have better Russian accents than a cartoon. Can we all
2: does. just try to say "sparrow" in a Russian accent right now, one by one? Sparrow. Sparrow. <laughs> Sparrow. Oh, wait, wait! I have to prepare myself. Vodka. Sparrow. There. Sparrow.
1: <laughs> she, she took a lesson from uh, Malkovich from Rounders.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
1: Hey, don't don't knock the Malkovich. This is my cookie. You play cards <laughs> with me. Yes.
2: And then then the instructor, oh, the the instructor or, or the person, the training person turning them into sparrows doesn't have an, a Russian accent at all. Nope. No, nope. I was like, why give her an accent then? But it's just Charlotte what? Rampling. It's
3: because it's like one of the greatest actresses of all time.
2: It's, it's because Lawrence is is method. You know, ever since Mother, it's been like. Oh, she broke a rib. Oh, now she's getting into fights in Budapest. That means she's
1: yeah. good. <laughs> she actually birthed a baby that they killed for that movie.
0: <laughs> Here's the problem with Jennifer Lawrence to me is that she came out. She she came onto the scenes with, with two things. Hunger Games, at least in my mind. Hunger Games and Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings tricked us all into thinking she was a good actress when she's actually mediocre. It oh, was just no. a great movie uh and then Hunger Games was just wildly popular so people loved her she was around a lot a lot of women particularly my age like want to be her best friend cuz she's like she can be really funny in real life and charming and stuff but as it turns out i'm like oh no bitch no mm-hmm. no you're not that good and the market has been flooded with you and i'm i'm tired of you and this looks like a shit show worried
1: intern
3: um Amanda should watch Winter's Bone, um, her first movie which she was nominated for an Academy Award for, which is it she's a, a great actress in.
2: Is it a fir- is it her first ever movie? Yeah, how long I ago? it was, was introducing. That? Well, her. yeah, that was her breakout role was Winter's Bone. That's what got her the rest of it, but I don't know that it was her first ever movie. I don't think I don't that's know. a true statement. I'm finding out. I'm
0: not saying that these the, the movies that I said were her first movies. And I'm saying they were the first ones that really like put her into the oh mainstream public eye. That's Abs- what I'm
2: saying. Absolutely, Winter's Bone was indie and got her the stuff that put her in the spotlight. Absolutely, that's the yeah. Like Hunger Games is what made her a star. But I think it's about the director choice. I think she gravitates towards the director and keeps like s- making safe decisions. She needs to do what Jake does. And work with as many different directors as possible, unique, creative, constantly choosing new directors all the time because he's an artist and because he cares about the craft and because he's um, um, because he's amazing and wonderful.
3: Can remove the cock? <laughs> uh, just take it out of your mouth for a second. Um, yeah. Anyway, hey, I'm gonna hey, say, Jake. hey, 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 Jake. Hey, Jake. Uh, I'm. Hall excited to watch Jennifer Lawrence in this not be in, I think my problem with Jennifer Lawrence is that she's in X-Men and The Hunger Games and she just needs to not be in um, cinematic universes like everyone else because this work that she does outside of that, I'm a fan of and I like Silver Linings Playbook, I like Winter's Bone um, you know Passengers was uh, weirdly watchable for how bad it was um, from her performance, pretty much. So also in Mother, most disturbing thing I've seen on film in a long time is her getting beat up. She does a good job. I like her. I'm excited. Red
1: Sparrow bad Russian accents. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I definitely think there's a place for Jennifer Lawrence in Hollywood. I just don't think she's an action star in the slightest. I don't think she's a lead yet they keep wanting to put her there over and over and over again. And yeah, the accent was awful. Uh, There is parts of this movie that I do want to see. And maybe if I can go scoop up on YouTube, like a montage of all of the training sessions, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I want to see them like get tortured and how they get psychologically trained to take over, uh, to, you know, control people's uh, desires and minds. And I, I want to see all that. I just don't care for Lawrence in this role. And I don't, I don't know. Something something else about this movie too. I don't know. Maybe because it's like Russia is so hot right now. So let's get some Russian
2: movies. How do you, How do you guys feel about the whole just just in general the Russian sleeper agent concept because it's been it's touched, old yeah. touched on several times even in the uh Bridge of Spies Mark Rylance's Oscar winning undeserved performance is also a Russian sleeper agent I believe. What is the relevance of this concept or this idea? Is this Something we need to continually explore? I don't understand why it's... I mean, it's obvious that they're painting Russia as evil Canada. It's apparent to me.
3: So why don't we just stop making all James Bond and, you know, superhero movies? Because it's been done to death. Mm. It's the same argument. Except this has been done way less.
2: Russian sleeper agents... Are relatively Except for every James Bond movie. Relatively <laughs> new thing. In Bond, Russians are just straight up the villain. Right. They're not walking amongst us, perfecting an American accent somehow. <laughs> I yeah,
1: I have no problem with the material or the concept being played out, even if, if, if it has or not. It's just, I don't know, something about this movie. Maybe it's because Lawrence is the lead. It's got a joy feel to me, which is that. Oh, they want it to be this thing and they're marketing it as this thing, but it doesn't seem like it's got the quality to achieve that thing. Worried.
2: Fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second part of Trailer Park Podcast, episode 95, The Round Table. We are joined tonight midstream by Chelsea Smith. Uh,
4: Again, full name, not necessary.
2: Oh, sorry. By the illustrious Chelsea. Hi. Uh, Post-editing will take place. Um,
1: (laughs) Although... You put in Chelsea Smith, you're not narrow it down.
2: <laughs> Chelsea Smith?
3: It's S M Y T H, right?
4: There's a silent Q in there.
3: S M Y Q T H?
2: Yeah,
4: you got it. I there
2: think uh, it's important to note that one of the reasons why Chelsea's joining us midstream is because she's read the book of Annihilation. And um, I think she wanted to add a fifth, excited, possibly.
4: Yeah. I am excited. That's not why I'm here. I'm here because I love you all and I love the cool million. That's really why.
2: Right. She
1: didn't want to deprive them of her presence.
4: Well, it's been a long time. Also, I'm bored. I don't want to watch any more Netflix.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. We had a long debate about how terrible Netflix is at making trailers.
4: Oh, sorry. I missed that.
2: Well, the Mute trailer, we want to like it. But we can't because Netflix is terrible at making (laughs) trailer.
0: Daniel and I had a discussion about this just now on the break about kind of what we think the reason might be is that Netflix doesn't market the way that other movies have to market. So they don't have to create any sort of like interest or suspense or curiosity. They're just like, here's a bunch of scenes. Do you want to watch this? yeah Yeah. it's available
1: to you right now 110 million
2: there's so much that i could add to that conversation they are like toddlers in a sandbox with this stuff like they spent they gave 50 million dollars to jj abrams and whoever the fuck else to get cloverfield that paradox yeah the new cloverfield movie and launch it right after the super bowl and that i feel like they're just tossing sand around like an infant like they don't know what they're fucking doing but they're succeeding yeah. Well, I think at this point, the user subscriber base gives them the money to do whatever they want, and they're just making decisions. And whether those decisions are good or bad are irrelevant because the income or revenue is consistent every single month. So,
4: well, right now, there's no viable competitor to Netflix. Netflix is the only option for streaming content in Canada. Well, I know Hulu and Amazon Prime has content, but not nearly as much,
0: right? No, not as not as much. Uh, Hulu I sort of disregard the same way as you because Hulu's to me it's just for like current TV. Like if you don't have cable then you have Hulu. Oh, okay. Uh, but Amazon is creeping up there as being a real
1: they definitely have as many shows, or they yeah, try. They about they, that, but they, they try to make as many as many original shows as they can, and I think they're making original movies now too.
0: Yeah, they're they're getting there, but yeah, I mean, Netflix is still the is still the.
2: Well, it's dog. it's important yeah. to note that Hulu could um, become the main competitor and or be rebranded to become the main competitor because it's uh, a part of the Disney Fox. Mm. nonsense like like if, if disney's merger or purchase of 20th century fox goes through then they will have controlling interest in hulu and they'll be pulling all of their content from netflix and uh trying to create a monster whether or not that's under the brand of hulu or uh, some new disney brand I, I wouldn't put it past disney to just re-up the whole thing and change everything so right and the even, disney
3: channel
1: and, you know like you know on on netflix where you whenever you hover over a title it just starts playing the trailer for that movie automatically and they'll like the top third yeah oh. uh for the for all the, the for all the titles that don't have a submitted official trailer they just have like a, some sort of you know algorithm that puts together a bunch of scenes with random music over top of it right and yeah I, we were discussing that maybe they they're just allowing that with their own trailer <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's just apply this algorithm to the movie and see what spits out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because that's, that's the vibe they have. Whenever I float over a movie that doesn't have an official trailer, I'm always like kind of hypnotized by it. Like, what's, how do they figure this out? What are they pulling from? And it's just totally random. It's just like two minutes of scenes with music over top. And I feel like that's how the trailer feels. <laughs>
2: That's an in, that's a very entertaining viewpoint. Actually, it could be true. I have no idea. It feels like they have a disconnect between their marketing strategy for the movie itself. You know, like they've gotten very good at marketing themselves as a brand and as a service. But when it comes to the individual movies, something is definitely missing. There's big gaps, and they're filled with silence. <laughs> <I> don't... <laughs> <laughs> don't understand it. I don't understand it. Uh, The round table has transitioned, folks. The burden list is gone, and it is now about what have you done for me lately. Everybody just gets to bring things to the table. It is round, and it is copious.
1: Mm -hmm. It's like adult show and tell. Yeah,
2: yeah. So anything you've watched recently, anything you want to talk about, this is open space. And I, because I talk too much, will shut up for a while. Please, take the floor, folks.
0: Uh, I had a big accomplishment. Um I completed all 11 seasons of Frasier. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and and the it journey. Was,
0: yeah, I mean it was it was quite serendipitous that when I was in the last season, John Mahoney <sighs> passed away. Fuck. Um, he was a great character. Uh he was one of the well better parts of the show. Uh and you know it's it's one of those things where you you commit to something like that. And you're like, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch Frazier. I'm going to watch Seinfeld. I'm going to watch friends. And it's a trap because you get through the first six seasons and you're like, man, this, this show was fucking awesome. And then there's five more. <laughs> 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 and it is diminishing returns all the way through. And I, mm. I wanted to give up.
1: Around eight, around uh, eight, you uh, almost tuckered out.
0: Eight and a half, nine. I was like, I don't think I can do it. I was well, just like wide eyed and scared. This is
2: <laughs> this is great, Amanda, because Chelsea and I are huge Fraser fans, and uh, there's a lot of content there to, to talk about. Maybe like favorite episodes or episodes you're fond of, and or when did it drop off? My opinion for drop off is when the tension breaks with the Fraser and Daphne. Relationship when they Niles and Daphne. Sorry, Niles and Daphne. When they finally get married, or when they finally get together, that's when the it feels like the air gets let out a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's definitely definitely a turning point. Anyway, now you got to get them started on a baby.
0: But even that takes a while. Yeah, they don't do that till till the last season. It
1: took them six to get them together. So it takes five. No,
0: more than that. It took them. I I don't think they get together until seven. I think it's like the end of six, beginning yeah. of seven.
2: She's right, and 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 that's a part of the show's success is how much, how effective and how awesome they were at building that tension between the two of them. That was great. Yeah. And the, and the Maris shit with Niles was hilarious. Mm-hmm. You never meet Maris. That's a great concept. You never meet her ever.
4: And you don't hear her either. They just make these <laughs> strange comments that paint a picture that is just.
0: Hilarious. Yeah,
1: just like super vapid, frail.
0: Rail thin. Rail
1: thin. She's probably like she's probably on amf- amphetamines during her uh her like crystal ball fortune telling
2: first episode super bougie. First episode that comes to mind with Frasier, Amanda, when I ask you, you know, not favorite episode, but just you know, episode you laughed at and enjoyed thoroughly. Like what is the first episode that comes to mind?
0: Nathan, I just I just watched like 260 something episodes. I don't know. They're all a blur. I
4: don't even know either. I
2: have one. I have one that sticks out to me. Okay.
4: What's
2: that? It's the one with Niles and Frazier trying to fix their toilet and dealing with their bullies.
0: Oh, yeah. That is a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John C.
2: McGinley shows up as the bully of Niles and like they come to terms with each other and cry and have a psychological epiphany. And Fraser's all like hoity-toity about it, but then uh, John C. McGinley calls in his older brother, who was the bully of Frazier and Fraser like <laughs> stuffs his head in the toilet and flushes the toilet. It's perfect. It's, great. <laughs> it's all self-righteous the whole time, and can't handle it at the end. It's perfect. It's great.
1: I just like any time Fraser and Niles talk about their boyhood memories together, because <laughs> they're always so like just r- <laughs> rich. Oh, probably wearing dickies <laughs> while their father's watching sports like, oh, God damn it. And whenever they talk about the Crane Boys, the like Hardy Boys stories that they wrote. When, <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I would be I know. equally um, surprised and yet like not surprised if Kelsey Grammer was like the next Me Too. Oh, I
0: know. That's what I said. I was like, I, I'm surprised that this that he hasn't been. Yeah. You know,
2: Right. He's looped like, into this. Yeah. They can't hashtag if they're dead. <laughs> oh have you guys ever seen Boss, the show Boss? I no. I've always wanted to, though. I recommend the first season of it, it's like uh, good at that character. It's uh a totally different side of Kelsey Grammer. He's a fucking evil piece I, of shit.
1: I did
0: watch that, I did see that. It was good.
1: Yeah. I have always heard rumor that he's kind of a drunk,
3: <laughs> yeah, but all the great ones are like Kiefer Sutherland, you know. Uh, you, don't, you don't. You don't get to jump into off. Christmas trees. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real entertainment lies in the belly of substance abuse. Am I right?
1: Yeah. It's true. Like the, Fraser is so good at like being uh, like frantically offended. You know, like whenever his apartment turns into a freak show and he has to answer the door a bunch of times and people are spilling out of the bathroom and he's like, "Oh, come on." Yeah. Uh, he I, I, that's my favorite. I feel like you need a lot of whiskey to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea, what
2: first episode comes to mind?
4: I don't know about an episode, but I really like um, that Phoebe character, his (laughs) agent. Oh, Oh, Phoebe!
1: Yeah, Yeah. oh,
4: Phoebe!
0: So
1: good. Oh, darling.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, there's one where she like steps out like onto like a like she's gonna jump off a building to like (laughs) negotiate his contract.
2: (laughs) She's coaching him how to save her from off the ledge. Oh my god. She shows up in Phantom Thread with Paul Thomas Anderson. Which oh, is great.
4: <laughs> yeah. And actually, I watched that, um, I don't know, last week or something.
2: I forced her to watch it. Good. He
4: did. And uh, I have a differing opinion from Nathan and Andrew. That's good. <laughs> have the opinion that we would probably share. <laughs> I think um, the first hour and a half are surprisingly engaging and um, interesting. And then the last. I don't know, hour. Two if, hours and
2: ten minutes. You're over time.
4: It's tough. It's tough to care.
2: You said hour and a half, first hour and a half is great, so that means the last forty minutes. So okay. be be specific.
0: The last forty minutes that feels like an hour. It felt right. like <laughs> Forever. Shh, shh,
4: shh, shh. And I was and I was fresh. Like I woke up and he was like had it paused like ready to go on the TV (laughs) (laughs) you need some coffee are you ready to go (laughs) yeah
2: no it was it was primed I was like okay well the best time to appreciate this is when you're gonna be alert no matter what it's PTA
4: and you can't fall asleep
2: it's slow we know we have to maximize the ability in the morning Uh, right
3: Chelsea you know what true love is now right
2: it's watching a Paul Thomas Anderson movie in the morning
3: No. Uh, no no
2: It's watching a movie about a dressmaker in the morning.
4: It's should well, mm.
2: what is it? Intern.
4: He's uh. he doesn't want to spoil it. I don't know if I should spoil it.
2: Yeah, I
3: guess that's true.
4: Oh.
3: Let's not. Okay. Let's not and say we did. Let's. let's Nathan, you're in for some some surprising events, some life events. Why? Hmm?
2: What? You're gonna wake up tomorrow morning
0: and be dead. Turn over your face. Oh god. <laughs> whoa,
2: whoa, <laughs> Daniel, don't breathe. Two,
0: no one.
2: Is it? Can they get more white people the, into black people? The guy from Avatar, no, not Let's <laughs> no, get out. Yeah, let's get out. <laughs> oh, sorry. The the guy from Avatar <laughs> who played the blind guy, or the yeah, the blind yeah. guy in Don't Breathe. He says he's confident that Don't Breathe Two will happen.
1: I just watched Don't Breathe, and he lives.
0: I don't. Know. I guess so. <laughs>
1: uh, that's that's debatable. Maybe it'll be a prequel. I kind of forget. That yeah, whole, did
0: they like burn the house down? The whole
3: movie is like two scenes. I don't I know. I saw the theater her picking out. that uh, that jizz thing in his in his anus.
1: Yeah, that, <laughs> in his what? mouth. You mean? Oh, in his
3: mouth. Yeah, isn't that enough to kill someone? I thought that would be.
1: Well, when it's your own, but I guess like when it's so hot. Ah we still talking about Phantom
4: Thread? What? I don't doing? know. I
2: don't know. I was trying to, I was trying or to. True love is Nathan. I was trying to distract from Phantom Thread because it started to get negative. Um,
0: Wait, oh. didn't we just watch something else? What else did we just watch? Freed. It was a bad movie. No, other than that.
1: Oh, we watched uh, it. wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was just kind of like not great.
0: The ritual. The
1: ritual. And that Netflix original. Hmm. Oh, you know what? Netflix has done great.
3: There's been two TV shows. Um, Mind Hunter, which, uh,
4: Oh, that's old news. This
3: was great, but uh, Manhunt, the oh, I watched the Unabomber first, one. It was really first, good.
2: I watched the first episode of that, and yeah, I'm gonna keep going.
3: It's I like, liked it a lot. Yeah, it's not it's as quick.
2: Good, it's not as good as Manhunter, but it's uh, no, so- but
3: it's a one shot. Eight episodes, and you're done. Thank God. <laughs>
4: <sighs> <laughs>
2: I didn't. I didn't know that much about uh, the Unabomber, so I'm kind of interested to keep going, and learn more about him. Yeah.
3: They all do a good job. I don't know. I liked it.
2: Speaking of weirdos, uh, we're watching Waco that uh, miniseries.
0: Oh, I was just about to ask if you guys were doing that. I wanted to see it. Is it any good?
2: Uh, so far, it's quality. Um, if you already know the whole thing and you're, you know, you don't really care to rehash stuff you've already experienced, then it's probably um, just just a, a reverberation or or whatever. But uh, Taylor Kitsch and Michael Shannon. Hey. You could do a lot worse. Those guys are awesome. So, uh, cult leader, weird shit. Yes,
4: they reveal the cult stuff really well and very fairly as yeah. well.
2: Yeah, great, great point. Yeah, they're 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 really balancing both sides of it. Well, they're they're totally throwing the ATF under the bus, which is probably true. I don't know if that's I don't, that's I don't know.
1: Like, that's like ninety-two percent accurate. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought that I, there's no exposition either which was kind of my other point like they're not like oh he's a cult and he married a bunch of people and oh there's a 12 year old that he knocked up like they don't do that they sort of like let it unfold in natural conversation over multiple episodes which is
2: yeah they let you trust david koresh before exposing what he put his dick inside (laughs) of (laughs) Uh that's
0: nice yeah Mm -hmm. i appreciate that it was cool
2: it makes me Remember Joe Rogan, too, talking about cults and just like, eventually, he tries to fuck everyone. <laughs> <The> leader. <laughs> every cult. Uh, yeah, cult leaders, they tend to feel very charismatic and awesome, and then they come up with some sort of, you know, divine inspiration that allows them to fuck every woman in the house.
4: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I just listened to a five-part podcast on Jonestown and that cult and their big, violent crazy, uh super suicide.
2: Mm. What's his name? The main guy? Uh, it's It's Jones. I, I, something Jones, I right?
1: Jones. I, I can't remember his first name. But yeah, he goes through the whole thing. He starts off as like a pretty legitimate sort of leader, spiritualist. He's good at talking to people. He actually has good intentions. And then over like 30 or 20 years or something of this cult, by the end, he's like taking Uh, horse doses of amphetamines and speed he's fucking everything (laughs) and he's controlling everything and like sending people into the jungles of South America and wondering why they don't come
2: back (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also uh, checked out Godless on Netflix Um, it's like a Steven Soderbergh produced western Mm -hmm. and it's only seven episodes and I haven't watched the seventh episode yet and I don't know if I'm going to (laughs) <laughs> right. I, it just feels like netflix is throwing money at everyone and soderbergh's like yeah fuck i'll hire this person and that person to create this bullshit western that is fairly generic i mean it's okay but it feels like the b team and it i, I just I, I i don't know i feel like the word netflix original started out as like this can you everybody immediately was like can you call it an original?" Mm-hmm. Right? Was like the first reaction. And then now it's, it, I mean, over time it became, oh, that's a Netflix original. Interesting. Let's check this out. And now it's almost becoming sarcastic. Like, oh, a Netflix original. What are we right. in for? I've, I'm starting to question the, the terminology here.
1: Well, they're, yeah, they're, they're taking a crazy endeavor. They're trying to transition from a streaming library service to we want to offer you that much content but have all of it be ours.
2: (laughs) Well, they started... It's it's a fascinating experiment because they rose to power under the radar, uh, securing rights, to like streaming rights to content. And then they built such a huge subscriber base that their revenues are so intense that they have the ability to now flip the script and do this. So the question is whether or not the content they create is going to be worth people... Hanging on, especially if the Disney Fox thing goes through and more content get gets pulled from their realm, and it becomes all about their original content and not about anything else. Yeah.
1: Oh, let me say this thing about uh, about that movie. Well, we we, we watched The Ritual. Uh, do, do you guys remember a movie coming out a while back? It was like a Scandinavian horror film called Troll Hunter. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. It got it actually got like really it was really well reviewed, and as a horror movie especially a Scandinavian horror movie it's pretty well done it's just you know not that great but it pulls off this amazing feat which is one making trolls not stupid looking or funny looking actually making them kind of scary and and intense and the, the this movie The Ritual it's also a sort of it's not a Scandinavian movie but it, it's, a, it's a group of friends they, they experience a tragedy one of them dies and as a tribute to him his last wish before he died was he wanted to go hike this like super long trail that runs the border between uh, Norway and Sweden. And so they go do that and they encounter this like sort of mythological horror beast from Scandinavian mythology. But just like troll hunter, this movie, despite it being mediocre, its fault is not with the fact that it uh, can't pull off this creature. They have this like giant fawn, like a deer almost, but contorted and instead of a mouth, it's got like all this. But it's like a tree. It also has like a tree on its head.
0: I thought it was like tall like a tree.
1: It, well, it is really big. It's like and, a but giant it does have the horns. Giant deer with horns and then it, instead of like a mouth, it has this like these like bloody hangy jowls with human arms.
4: What? It. Yeah.
1: And so... It's really creepy, it like coos at you and you go out in the woods and you see like fingertips pulling behind tree trees and you're like, oh, who is that? And then all of a sudden there's this crazy looking beast and it should be stupid, but they pull it off somehow. The movie kind of peters out at the end, but I'm, I was I was impressed on that front and wanted to mention it for that reason.
0: Yeah, it was it was totally, totally fine. Um, I did, unfortunately, fall asleep in the climax of the film, but uh <laughs> it it was it was it was totally it was totally passable and and they did some stuff really well yeah i was pulling my hair out because i knew we watched something else that i couldn't remember what it was and it was really pissing me off and putting me in a bad mood we watched geostorm yeah (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) how was it (laughs) it was so stupid so
2: (laughs) fucking stupid yeah uh, is 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 Gerard done? No.
1: Now he could probably do these kind of things forever, but like just every it's like someone wrote it with a crayon. Like it did nothing nothing makes sense, no understanding of how the world is or how people are or how technology works. <laughs> like they have the space station that they've been building, it's massive.
0: Uh, I mean, massive, massive,
1: like, like, I don't know, like like
0: thousands of people must man this station.
1: Yeah, it's they built it in like two years or something, whenever these apocalyptic events started happening because of weather. And they bring Gerard down from the space station because
0: he's being bad. I'm not sure how. Yeah,
1: they're punishing him somehow. He's too like renegade or, you know, hot shot. And then immediately some crisis happens back on the space station. So he's got to go back up there. So they just like, they just they just prep him a space shuttle and he's just in it by himself. <laughs> and just shoot him right back up into space. Four billion dollars just to send him right back after taking him down. Like and yeah. that's the whole movie. It's just nonsense decisions and just making everything fit with money.
0: Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a negative one point five, maybe.
1: Yeah, I, I, I said negative two.
2: That's hilarious because when 50 Shades Freed uh first launched its release and com started issuing its reviews I looked up the review and it said 2 out of 10 and my brain immediately put a minus symbol in front of the 2 <laughs> it's such a weird bizarre thing like the world needs the minus scale is <laughs> needs it's, it yeah it it's what I came to understand it's like wow this minus scale that was created at 100 lunatics like two years ago is actually ingenious and the fact that i look at this two and i'm like no 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 immediately putting a minus symbol in front of the two like you don't get it. yeah. it's, it's <laughs> hilarious to me like guys if it gets that low then either it's a zero or you start putting the minus symbol in front of it it doesn't mm. it doesn't there's no such thing as a two out of ten a two out of ten is a minus one or a minus two that's right the truth. Like if yeah, how do you it,
1: it, differentiate a two from a three out of ten?
2: Yeah. If you get that low, then we're talking a different arena here. You don't just <laughs> shit on you either give it the zero that it obviously deserves, or if, if you're giving it a one or a two, then you subconsciously recognize the value of its stupidity. It's automatic to me now, and it's such a strange conundrum in my brain.
1: It's a, true, it's a real problem in the movie ratings business.
2: Speaking of stupid things that need to be appreciated, I started watching Banshee again. <laughs> That's
4: right. <Yeah. laughs> and
2: I am loving it with this new perception, with this Fifty Shades of Grey perception. Oh God. I I'm walking in like, oh, yes, yes. Immediately, the episode starts with some rando nonsense about some boxing champion who's coming to this bullshit town in the middle of Pennsylvania for no reason and uh, fighting at a native casino. And I'm like, oh, yes, yes, the sheriff and this fellow will, will duke it out. Yeah. Oh, yes, this will happen. And oh, my God, did it happen to such an extent that just the the physical violence and the blood and the and the shit that he does to this guy's fingers and arms is very satisfying when you there, when you walk right. it's like when you walk into the room expecting the family to punch each other in the face and throw wine in each other's faces then you get what you came for you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> if you walk in expecting everybody to act properly you came to the wrong party
1: right can we get more exposed bones and have all the women viciously hate
2: each other? Banshee. Yeah. And the shit they say afterwards, like his career is over. (laughs) They don't, they don't hold back in the show. They're just like, not only did he rip his hand apart partially and destroy the motherfucker's elbow, his career is over because he entered into the world of Lucas hood, sheriff of Banshee. That is how stupid this gets. (laughs) <laughs> and it's wonderful.
1: And just yeah, a, it keeps growing. I didn't stop because it stopped being fun stupid. I just stopped because I think some other show may have distracted me. It fair, keeps going.
2: Fair enough. Daniel has made a promise to me that if I catch up to him, he'll keep going. Oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, it is nice. And as a closing point before we start the intern's corner, I just want to do a shout out to uh, not only John Mahoney, but also to Johan Johansson, who met yeah. an who met an untimely end at 48 years old. I'm planning an outro to tonight's episode in tribute to Johan. He's a composer of many, many films. He died too young, and he's uh, the one that created that great Sicario music. So I'm going to be doing an outro later. Tribute. tribute. And now for The Intern's Corner. But I'm a creep. Take it away, intern.
3: Okay, what I'd like to talk about today, well, hear you guys talk about today, is uh, video games and movies, um, where they're playing a video game in the movie, and I'd like to know if you guys, if anyone thinks that there's possibly an exceptional movie where this happens, or if this is not
2: the case. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 6. Oh.
4: (laughs) Wow. You (laughs) trained him well. (laughs)
2: Am I wrong? Uh, fail.
3: Yeah. No. Uh,
2: He's God. straight up playing a video game.
3: Uh,
1: Scott Pilgrim.
3: Oh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's... uh. Yeah.
1: I don't know if anybody plays a game in it directly, but the whole thing feels like one.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe not. Because it's based off comic book. So I think it's more more of a comic book movie. Is this,
2: is this born of your...
0: like getting lives and coins and... Mm.
3: so what's happened here is i started reading ready player one and i am really enjoying the book and me picturing it as a movie i'm thinking about movies that i've seen where they play video games in movies i hate them Like like what i have a disdain for like in guardians of the galaxy 2 when they're trying to shoot the ship out of the air but they're all in their little Carts like a video game so like in their in race cars.
4: Ender's Game would that qualify?
3: Ender's Game was not horrible.
4: Okay, <laughs> well, well, that's
2: good. Ready, Ready Player <laughs> One isn't based on a video game. It's no, a but book they enter about... a video game. Right. Yeah.
3: Throughout well, the movie,
2: but it's a science fiction story about entering into a video game based reality. It's more. It's yeah. more Matrix than it is anything.
1: And how does it stack against the greatest video game in a movie of all time? with Mr. Fred Savage, the wizard.
3: The wizard, yeah. that's Mortal Kombat
2: Annihilation. What? (laughs) (laughs) Pixels? Uh,
3: So, like, what I was thinking is... Oh, God, Pixels. Fuck that movie. Um, The only thing that I've seen where they've done, like, a good job is probably the holodeck in Star Trek. What? Where you enter a video game like scenario in the show.
2: Are you confusing virtual reality with video games? Well, it's the same thing. Uh, I wouldn't yeah, go you're 85 oh, years old. I wouldn't go there yet.
3: Well, that's what we're going to get though with ready player one. Well,
4: then does surrogate count mm, Good point. with Bruce Willis? Good
3: point. Gamer. I haven't seen that
4: surrogate was based yeah. on a comic book too, but it's like you go into a pod and you inhabit like a oh, robot. I have body. seen that.
2: Bruce Willis. But yeah. Dan- Daniel's comment about Gamer is probably the most relevant to Ready Player One from my limited perspective.
4: What is that?
2: Gamer is a movie more like a, I think, a Banshee style movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's <laughs> super
2: dumb. Yeah. It's super fucking dumb. Yeah. But it's well, like pr-
1: prisoners have like a chip in them and then players can control them as if they're video oh game characters. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's closer. But I don't think that Ready Player One, I mean. <laughs> Future, future headliner Ready Player One should be compared to things like Gamer and <laughs> that nonsense. Because Ready Player One actually looks, despite the fact that its premise is based in a world that screams comparison, I don't think that you can actually connect the dots the way that you're trying to in this corner tonight. Well,
3: mostly what I was looking for is a, a reason to be excited about it. I was hoping to get that by finding something that you know is good in this area.
2: Right, it's hard. Right, but my point is that it's not a straight adaptation, so it can't yeah. be it can't be compared to to legendary movies like Mortal Kombat, Annihilation,
4: <laughs> <laughs> or Nightmare on Elm Street Six. Right,
2: or it's Freddy's just in
1: Mortal Kombat.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I don't. I don't think it's done a straight adaptation, so it can't be compared to things like that, like Street Fighter, right?
4: Yeah. Well, Jean Claude, but and it's Dan. really it's more like those other movies, like Surrogate and like Ender's Game and like that gamer one. Than I it like is
1: Fighter Colin, Legend of Chun Li. That's it's gonna
2: be like <laughs> the Wiz Also, I I feel like it should be or more, wizard or whatever. I feel like the, Fred is. the comparative focus should be more towards things like surrogate and Ender's Game and not...
4: That's what I just said. ...gamer. That's literally what Chelsea was saying. <laughs>
1: right. You made this? I made this.
2: I agree. What I'm trying to say is that I agree with Chelsea.
0: Is this like <laughs> the new Jumanji? Aren't they playing a video game? I was thinking and- about Jumanji. Uh,
3: actually, yeah, that would probably be a fair
2: comparison. Ben Mendelssohn, the dude Ty Sheridan from Detour and... Steven Spielberg. I know. Can they really fuck it up? Yeah. Yes. Yep. When they have all this pop culture, Back to the Future, Iron Giant, shit at their disposal, like,
1: can their virtual reality be as good as virtual reality in Jason Ten?
2: The first trailer, <laughs> the first trailer for Ready Player One was a piece of shit, and the second trailer made me come.
4: Oh Jesus!
2: So what? Wow. Do you, what do you want? I don't know what to do. I'm walking around, wow. wet. <laughs>
0: Talk out apparently.
1: <laughs> Damn. He's Hashtag
0: used to me too.
2: I'm God. I don't know. I'm not puckered with oh. Ready Player what? One. I am open. <laughs> okay. Gaping. Flailing and gaping uh, and ready for penetration. We need a gaping. That's a preview of my excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah, graphic. Red. <laughs> yeah. Are you done in Although
3: I guess I don't know. Steven Spielberg really hasn't made a bad movie, except for maybe the second Jurassic Park.
0: Bridge of Spies.
3: <laughs> no, no.
0: Yeah, that was pretty bad.
1: The second Jurassic Park would definitely qualify.
0: Wasn't? Didn't he make that artificial intelligence movie?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Corny. I mean, it was fine, but it was a little corny. What about mm, Super 8? Is that him?
4: No,
1: that's J.J. No, Abrams. That's
2: Abrams.
4: And Spielberg.
2: No. Well, it might have been produced, like executive produced. But executive produced basically means like he's not on set. He's just money man. Just
1: making sure this makes money.
2: Yeah. He's just backing Abram. It's Jews,
1: Yeah, Chelsea. it's Spielberg. It, it's not going to be bad. It's a bunch I, of I, Jews. I'm tired
2: of Spielberg. <laughs> oh. Abram, every time you say Abrams and Spielberg, I just picture like an elitist um, secret society sex party. Okay. All right. Intern, are you finished? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. All right. Thanks
3: for nothing.
2: <laughs> are, you, are you done feeding the geese? So, senior? you don't want to see
1: the book that you like turn into a movie anymore.
4: Uh, right.
3: Yeah, you guys did a bad job of convincing me <laughs> that way. I, I should be excited about the movie.
4: I'm worried about adaptation being turned into a movie too, so we can sit in your corner together. And yeah.
2: Turn... Adaptation, you mean annihilation?
4: Yeah, what did I say? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Adapt- uh, great.
2: Adaptation's great. <laughs> 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 all right I'm folks all right here we go here we go Are you ready SatSackstudios.com, sack at set studios at t-part podcast at the intern tpb thanks for joining us cool million or whatever the fuck it is now and uh, here we go a tribute
1: what's that one b <laughs>
2: yeah we yeah, out you know what we should search to call it the cool billion we're probably <laughs> close probably close to it um here's a tribute folks to johan johansson who died too early, 1948. Sorry, 48 years old. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Full bottle. Full bottle. Yeah, 2018. To Johan Johansson. And thank you for joining us for Trailer Park Podcast 95.